Welcome to Everyday People Podcast with me, Nyung Bo. I'm your everyday person whose mission is to give everyday people a platform to share their incredible story, learnings and life tools to inspire you to dream and live your best life. I believe that you don't have to be famous, turn over a million plus a year, have lots of degrees or be in a high position to have something powerful to share and leave a positive impact in your community. I believe the only prerequisite is that you are being you and you are living the amazing life that is meant to be for you. That is enough to inspire me to go live my best life. Will you join me on this journey of sharing, learning and living alongside everyday people? So you may or may not already know by now that I work in the construction industry and that is why I am really excited to interview the first plumber on the Everyday People podcast. His name is Angus McAlpine. He works for a mechanical contractor on site. He's also a rapper and have been doing it for 15 years. He loves a beer. He's a foodie. He is cultured. He's a local of Footscray, which is the hub of the best Vietnamese and African food. I love Footscray. It was where I first grew up. So it was only last year that Angus put his hand up to be a candidate for the Greens Party in the electorate of Footscray. And I was so impressed by his speech when I came out to one of the Greens campaigns. Can we start with my first question for you? Tell me about your life in Ballarat, because I know that's where you grew up. Is that right? No, no. No? Um, <laughs> no, nah, but that's cool. Um, I grew up in Box Hill oh, okay. in Melbourne, because I lived in London in the UK for a few years. I had a lot of mates up in Ballarat before I'd lived in London and, you know, growing up in the city, sometimes nice for a bit of a different sort of change of scenery. And then going from Melbourne to London is like going from like Bendigo to Melbourne. Really? Yeah. Like, you know, Melbourne felt like a small country town compared to London. Oh, wow. So when I came back, I was over cities. I was like, you know, London burns you out, too many people. And I was like, it'd be nice to go live in Ballarat for a while. It's still like commutable distance to Melbourne. So... But yeah, I lived in Ballarat for a few years. It's a cool little regional city. It punches above its weight in terms of like music and art and fine dining. Like there are some sick restaurants yeah. there. Like the best Spanish restaurant in Victoria is in Ballarat. I worked as a plumber for a bit and then I worked in manufacturing for a bit. I grew up, both my mum and my stepdad are social workers. So they see some pretty heavy shit day mm. to day, like mental illness, drug addiction and whatnot. So I sort of saw that and I went... And it doesn't pay that well either. They're mad underpaid social workers. So I was like, yeah, fuck, tradie. <laughs> you know, like, go get the money. Um, I think it's a good job. You can always turn your trade to something else, go do manufacturing or domestic. It sounds like you cared about the social aspect mm. of everything because your parents were social workers. Mm. So why did you decide to put your hand up to be a candidate and not just be a supporter? Yeah, like growing up, my mum was like always a mad unionist and she was always like, you should join your union. You know, if you see like bullshit in the workplace, stand up. I think I had that fire in the belly because my mum was always like, don't get walked over. And there's employment laws in this country. And unfortunately, employers turn a blind eye to laws. And I guess I'm consider myself an independent thinker. I joined a union. I was always like grew up in a labour voting household and... Then I remember like my mum being like the way Labor treats refugees and now is just as bad as the Liberal Party. I think the tamper overboard thing was a big card for a lot of Labor voters to go Labor's lost their ways. But also like offshore detention. You should never blindly follow a party regardless of how your values are. You should never just blindly like I vote Liberal because one time I agreed with them. Yeah. Same with any political party, you know, like I still believe my values the most with the Greens, but they might come out with a policy next year that I'm like, fuck, that's crazy. I would never support that, yeah. you know what I mean like 
And then I also see policies in other parties like the socialists and I'm like, oh, you know, I agree with that too. Anyway, long story short, you know, I got sick of being the dude who yells at the TV and complaining <laughs> about it, you know, and I was like, I'm in a privileged position where I, you know, a lot of people in other countries can't just join a political party and it's no skin off their nose. Wow, you know what I mean? that's like, so true. Well, think about being a non-communist in Vietnam or see how uh, a non-democratic political party is running China. So we're pretty lucky in Australia you can join a political party and it's not going to be held against you. Yeah, I joined the Greens, man, because they were the only ones going, you know, hey, like, who cares if gay people get married? I felt like they were the only party that were like, do what you want as long as you're not hurting anyone else. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, it's no skin off my nose if two gay people want to get married or people fleeing some, like, fucking horror civil war want to move to australia like yeah let them in man immigrants have have made this country you know what it is today on top of the first nations people so it's like you know it's a bit rich to turn around and go oh we don't want that group of people coming in you can very easily get involved even the labor and liberal branches in your suburbs there's not many people deciding like the political actions of the parties and i got involved and you know at one stage they're like do you want to run as a candidate in ballarat for council i went yeah sure I felt like I was standing up for shit I believed in and, and a lot of young people were like, oh, yeah, you know, he's, he's like us. He's not a uni student. He didn't join Young Labor or Young Liberal or Young Greens at the uni. You know, he's a foul-mouthed plumber. <laughs> so, you know, like, it's cool. great that you're doing it for young people and you're showing that you can just mm. be anybody and speak up for people like yourselves. Mm. Yeah, but I also recognise that I'm also like a straight white male, like English-speaking male but in like Australia. Said, like I've like, got a bit mm. of privilege there. But, but like yeah. I said in my introduction, you're very cultured. You love mm. learning about other people and other cultures. Yeah, I think you represent people like yourselves, but also other people that you have interest in. I think if you've got, if you recognise your position of privilege, you should be trying to get other people on, on the gravy train as well, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not surprised that you're into politics. Yeah. Other people probably be surprised because you you look like every other trainee on site. I think, uh, I mean, that goes for everyone in Australia. You know, we're, we judge people on what we see. And I think my stepmom actually said, God, John Fame was like, saying to one of the other Greens candidates, how's your candidate in Footscray and his shorts and all the tattoos showing? And, I, you know, she was like, does he not realise that more than 50% of people look like that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And who are we as a society if all our politicians don't look like a representation of so true. the people, oh you know? Gosh. And that that's me being a white dude covered in tattoos. You know, where's like the turbans? Where's the hijabs? Yeah. Where's the you know, people of all cultures yeah. and, and colours represented in Parliament? Yes. You yes. Know? Unfortunately, it's a very... Big, like, conservative old white men's club, mm. you know what I mean? That's why I was excited when you were part of it. And I'm like, okay, now I'm coming because before I wasn't <laughs> going to any campaigns. There's no one that I could relate to, so I wasn't interested. So mm. I think it's so important that people like you step up as and well, you like, the big motivation was I didn't run in a winnable seat. It was never going to be a winnable. It was all part of the wider campaign to get Hung Chung re-elected, you mm. know, as the upper house member and I got involved because people like her, you know she grew up in sunshine she went to Braybrook College you know like even though we grew up on other sides of the city you know we both knew dudes who'd gotten stabbed at school you know mm-hmm. we both products of the state school system mm-hmm. and when I think of the western suburbs it's Vietnamese Australians because that was what the western suburbs were when I was growing up mm-hmm. and she was like a child of that she's like my parents didn't speak English when they come here she's an inspiring person yeah she's a young mother and so like it was cool to get behind that it wasn't like just getting behind you know Tom Smith the 22 year member for the party for, you know <laughs> whatever that I was I was just chatting with you Uber driver here, he's from South Sudan. I'm like, man, you know, 
Melbourne's the best city in the world because, you know, I, I, living in Footscray, I can I can have a barn me for breakfast. You know, I can go have fur for lunch. I can go <laughs> craft beer for afterwards and I can go Ethiopian for dinner and you can finish it off at an old Italian joint for gelato afterwards. You know, like every race, culture, community is represented in the suburbs of Melbourne and I'd more say I'm from Melbourne than Australia, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, it's, wow. So it was towards the end of the campaign last year when the media picked up on some of the raps that you put out when you were in your 20s mm. and they totally slammed you for that and it led you to withdraw from campaigning for the Greens party. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was a pretty horrible time. The way the media portrayed it, it was like this uh, revelation, you know, and I was like, I've never hidden things I've said or done as a younger bloke. Like most young people I made plenty of mistakes getting to this age and one of those big mistakes was rapping and joking about shit I shouldn't have rapped and joked about this isn't shrugging the responsibility off what I said but Australian hip-hop back then was like it was so like real masculine real egotistical real like and almost punk rock in a way like what can I say to offend and you know I just mm-hmm. you know and I'm, I'm I'm listening to like dudes like Jimmy Carr on the right on comedy like joking about rape and pedophilia thinking yeah I can joke about that like you know it's par for the course like that shit's on ABC I was 25 or 24 and I was like I don't feel comfortable rapping those lyrics anymore I made jokes about women and sexual violence and shit that I should never have joked about you learn from that I mean I learned myself you know I grew the fuck up you know I grew up and I was like you can't be joking about that shit that's not funny because Whilst your mates might go, oh, yeah, that's a laugh. You know, like there's the people who have experienced that and that's not fucking funny. Yeah, the media made it, uh, and even the Greens to some degree sort of played it off like I'd ever once held those views. And it's like you could never have listened to one of those songs and thought I was being serious. Yeah. But, you know, that's not to take away from the fact that I did joke about that stuff. I just didn't realise what I could and couldn't joke about. And I guess that's the problem with Australia is that, you know, when you're white and straight, I mean, you got that privilege that you're like, you think you own the fucking world. Mm. Plus, I'm growing up around dudes who would make those, you know, construction site. I used to go to work and there's porno mags on the smoko table. You know what I mean? Like God. Behind closed doors. One of the other political parties hired private detectives. And uh, I know that sounds mad conspiracy shit, but they did. That's part of campaigning. And they staggered releases of information to the papers and they waited until the early voting had started. So even if I'd stood down, they couldn't announce another candidate. Because you know that you've rapped about this stuff before. Mm. Did it ever pop into your mind when you were putting your hand up to be a candidate that someone would find? Oh out about it and someone would hold it against you. I was pretty naive. I guess, um, you know, like I don't know anyone who's a politician. I didn't grow up with Labor politicians or Labor <laughs> whatever, you know, yeah. whatever. Like we're never rubbing shoulders with the elite. I remember my partner's dad was like, it's a filthy game and you can go into it with the most innocent of intentions, but um, that doesn't mean other people are going to. You know, it's probably only about now that the initial trauma and shit of what went down has worn off and I'm like happy to talk about it and it's like, fuck, man, I should have seen that coming. You know what I mean? You know, and even the Greens head office was sort of like, if we'd have known all those lyrics, we probably could have run that as part of your story. And I'm like, well, mm. I never kept it fucking hidden, man. And I never thought they're going to find one line. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I also did hear during that time that the media was slamming you, you got anxiety from it and you couldn't leave your house. How did you get out of that? I mean, it got pretty bad. I got, like, death threats and shit. I had people messaging me, telling me to kill myself and... I never, like, made any plans or nothing, but I did have suicidal thoughts. That's something that took a long time for me to reconcile with. Um, I guess, you know, the the reason I laugh now is that, you know, this news cycle is fucking two weeks, man. 
You know, people are fucking goldfishes. They forget who you are so quickly. Some days are better than others. Sometimes, you know, I, I used to hate the word triggered, but until you've been in a situation where you've been triggered, you know, I was going through um, some samples of news reports that my mate recorded at the time and it, like literally just three seconds in, I was like, I can't listen to that. Like, I just cannot listen. I got a new phone the other day and I was going through like all these photos and there's all these screenshots of people saying the most heinous shit. I can't mm. look at that. Maybe one day I can look at it and laugh. It's not yet, but... It's just too negative. Yeah. You don't need to do that to yourself. But you've also got to remind yourself that anyone who watches a current affair and goes, right, I'm going to message that guy and tell him I'm going to fucking <laughs> thump him next time I see him, they're not better than you. You know what I mean? Like, I think the thing that breaks your heart the most, but then you reconcile it with reasonable people around you, I was like, one big thing was like the Gay and Lesbian Alliance came out and just said, in so many words, he's a massive bag of shit. And, you know, what he said is is horrible and he should be throwing it. You know, I was like, they could have at least said, yeah, but we do notice the last four years of his life, you know, he volunteered thousands of hours on the marriage equality yeah. camp. Like, I yeah. fucking knocked on doors. I rang phones in my spare time, never paid us, you know. And I'm not looking for a fucking gold star like, yeah, he's the gay ally of the year. But I'm like, I recognised I made those mistakes and I'm trying to make up for them. Mm. A good mate of mine said to me, he goes, the fact that you're thinking that in your head, because I said, you know, for a while there I thought I was the biggest bag of shit in Victoria. And he goes, but the fact that you're thinking that is like you're critical enough that you are ashamed of shit you've done in the yeah, past, but yeah. you obviously know that you're not because yeah. a true narcissist or a sociopath would be like, I did nothing wrong. So you didn't bring a book in today, but you <laughs> did mention that there was this great book that you read. But... So um, the really cool thing was when all the shit kicked off in the media, one of my mum's old mates hit me up and she was like, you got trashed. It's a really good book I think you'd like. And it's John Hewson, So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Oh, <laughs> it's my God. Yeah. It's so fitting. But it was really good. So basically, John Hewson's a bit of a funny writer. He did The Men Who Stare at Goats. Got made into a movie as well. Yeah, he goes and interviews people who've just basically like screwed up on social media and gotten roasted over the coals for it. Brilliant book. It's funny and it gives you a bit of an objective like you're not the beast, you know, and it dives into like examining how we lump it on in the comments section of a Herald Sun article on Facebook. We read the headline and go, oh, that person's the worst ever. Papers are also a business. They're trying to sell copies. It looks a lot better saying someone is like the worst person in the world and you must read about this and be outraged than today nice stuff happened. Like I used to on the train read the news mm. before going to work, but now I don't because it's so negative. It stresses me out. I get anxiety. When I don't read the news anymore. Well, one of my best mates who's like a massive Labor supporter, he ended up after the federal election, he goes, I've quit Facebook and stuff because he was like, I just couldn't handle the, the negativity. You know, for a long time I didn't read the paper because I was just like, man, it's just so depressing. Mm. And you feel quite free. But then also I don't want to be like... That person who's like, so have you heard about all this stuff going on in Rwanda? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, what, is there a sale to go on holiday there? And they're like, genocidal civil war. And you're like, oh, Jesus, oh okay, I'm really not up on the news. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's important. I need to surround myself with one person who can filter the news <laughs> filter for me news, yeah. and tell me the stuff I need to know. You mentioned that you brought in a tape mm. and it represents one of the things that you've done to bring back that positivity into your life and be yourself again. Do you want to share that? One of my good old school mates, Royals, so he runs the record label. He was doing his first production album and he had all these huge names on it. And he's like, you know, but your crew, I've got to get you on it. So I did a song with him and Elevate and it was sick. It's rap music. You know, I, I don't write offensive shit anymore, but he really elevated the music we were doing. And I felt like I was barely a part of it than I normally would have because I was so involved with the, the green stuff. So when it all died down, you know, he was the first person and he is like the most unpolitically engaged dude in the world. <laughs> 
but he was like, get back in the booth, man. Like I've got beats, you've got rap, let's do this. And that has been really therapeutic, you know, and, and same with JD, uh, the studio engineer, like, you know, he was like, get back in it, man. Like DJ Elevate, man. Like he was there with me the whole time. And I'm sort of blessed by association that I've got so many talented mates. And what are you writing about mostly these days? What are the themes? I guess humor's always been a big part of my music, lighthearted, bit of a reflection of society. Talking about comedy before um, with your producer, it's like, there's a lot of similarities with comedy and hip-hop music and that a lot of it's punchline and delivery. Delivery is a lot of the big thing of hip-hop, more so than any music. You could say the funniest thing ever, but if you deliver it shit, That's it's so going to be shit. The political shit ended for me, but music doesn't, and I've got that to go on to. And, you know, I think a creative outlet or an outlet for your passion is key to it, to sort of staying afloat because, you know, you can dwell on the negative or focus on the positive in your life. And music's been the positive for me. I've met some of my best mates in it. I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for music. <laughs> it's so nice to hear that people have big passions that can save them in yeah. times of adversity. Mm. 100%. Because you were involved in politics for a mm. long time. Like, how would you be involved now? I lost a lot of passion overnight with all that stuff. The media is a beast. You shouldn't expect much better from them, but I think it's just general society's reaction. You realise, like, so many people just love having their outrage fed to them. And unfortunately, it puts the blinkers on for, like, shit that actually matters with, like, policy laws that affect our lives. I'm a member of my union. I used to be quite active. I've sort of dropped off a bit because I was like, you know, these dudes are blindly supporting Labor and Labor do some pretty horrible shit to people in the process of winning an election and I was sort of like you know time to step back but you know I, I was chatting with my partner the other day and she was like we're talking about superannuation and retirement and I said oh fuck I'm not going to be plumbing at 67 I said like all the dudes that are that age at work look like haggard <laughs> <laughs> and she goes no nah, you'll have like a job with the union or something and I'm like maybe never say never you know like only a couple of months ago I was like fuck politics fuck trade union involvement fuck it all I'm starting to come you know I'm, I'm starting to send it I feel you like know. it's a part of who you are like you know you've grown up with it I feel like well mum always said yeah. I'm an opinionated arsehole yeah, so yeah. you know you might as well do something about yeah, it like yeah opinionated like you have a big heart mm. I would trust you to get back into politics your past is your past leave it there and you know the funny thing is for actual shit I've done you know as a kid like I got locked up for drunk and disorderly I was in trouble with the cops all the time I was always in trouble at school you know I, I got into heaps of trouble and I had mates that ended up in jail and or worse and you might have influences around you that aren't particularly positive in fact negative but you can come out of that and do something good with that every person has made mistakes it's how you learn from them that defines you everyone's got to make mistakes to learn I feel like you know how you learn from them, how you move on to the next one that's what really matters like you're not human if you're not making like mistakes. Like, humans are complex mm. people. I really don't think there's anyone in this world who's never made a mistake or done something where they're like, no one can know about this. But you move on from it because you're a different person now because you've learned from it. So mm. it really doesn't matter. So let's get on to my five quick questions. Okay, go on. Hit me. Who is a good hip-hop artist to listen to for a good pick-me-up? Being, like, obsessed with hip-hop, this changes for me every day. A song I heard recently was Murs and Ninth Wonder, so M-U-R-S. I love Murs. And Ninth Wonder, Black God, God Black. That's a really cool fun song. And also that Rich Brian dude, he's pretty sick. He's on Triple J at the moment. Or uh, Baker Boy, you know, you can't not have a smile listening to him. So all three of them. What is your favourite craft beer? Uh, or even just like flavours. you like fruity? Do you like uh, milky? Well, with the weather. So like with, the, with winter, I love like porters and, and milk stouts. 
in summer, I like sours and pale ales or pilsners, you know. So I had a pretty good one today, Burnley Brewing, which is like Richmond, Victoria, and that was a nitro coffee stout. Just buy independent. Don't buy CUB. There's so many better beers out there. Support the people who are uh, not evil multinational conglomerate. (laughs) Vote for Angus. (laughs) Where is your favourite suburb in Victoria and why? I love Footscray. Footscray is so cool. Still got a lot of love for Box Hill. I could always find an excuse for any suburb. What is your favourite piece of advice? A great one is just be yourself. Do as you want as long as you're not hurting anyone else and respect anyone else doing the same. Um, I think if they're not hurting you, someone wants to marry a fucking tree or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Shit, if it's not my tree, I don't care. And and who am I to say that's my tree, you know? (laughs) They're probably there before me, you know? Which politician do you admire and why? I was always really impressed with Richard Di Natale. Julia Gillard as well. You know, Julia Gillard came and spoke at my high school and... I didn't like how the mechanics that went into play into her becoming Prime Minister, but I would have loved it if she'd seen out the full term. You know, when she came to my high school, you know, she said some really cool shit. She was like, it's really great that you're learning about poverty and socioeconomic issues in other countries, but she goes, you only need to drive over the Westgate to see Mm. poverty in Melbourne, you know, Mm. or to Dandenong or Noble Park. I like that sort of worldwide thinking, but applied at a micro level. Mm. So um, I've got a lot of time for Julia Gillard. And then, yeah, Richard Di Natale, I think as well. I've still got a lot of time for him. He's like a he walks the walk and talks the talk, lives and breathes it. It's not an enviable position being the leader of a political party, I can imagine. Thank you so much for educating me a bit more about politics and sharing the hard stuff that you had to go through last year. You've just listened to the Everyday People podcast with Nyung Vo. You can find out more about Angus at grimeproductions.com. Listen to more episodes of the Everyday People podcast with inspiring everyday people on iTunes or Spotify.